Alrighty, we just finished episode number six with Johannes Jolkonen. Uh, he has been one of the OGs of the communities. He's the first member resident who moved into the Charisma House and has not left yet. <laughs> so sorry for you, man. Um, soon enough, and, soon enough. And we had a very, very interesting conversation around how to find something, how to create a freelancing career that serves you and gives you time to live a more fulfilling life filled with adventures, different hobbies. Uh, we talked about how we actually went through that process, how we found his passions. Uh, we talked about the importance of traveling, um, freelancing, how we got into it, the transition from going from a job into freelancing, how we quit his job, when it's the right time to quit your job, how to reach out to people to test your concept, uh, and many, many other things. Uh, really, really enjoyed this conversation. It's nice to be back here again at the Charisma House. Uh, I feel like the studio and the setup is getting better every single day. Uh, and yeah, I hope you enjoy this episode. Thank you so much. Ciao. Ciao. First of all, thank you so much. <laughs> no, thank you. for the house for the vibes alrighty the day has finally come yeah it only took us four months four months already yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't know who the hell Johannes is he's a very very special person uh, in Charisma's history one day when we have you know hundreds of employees houses all over the world I always look back to to the first cohort that came along to the first people that you know, put all their trust in me and decided to blindly move into the Charisma House without really knowing what to expect, who was going to be here, what the house was going to look like. Uh, and yeah, Johannes has been one of the very first ones uh, to come here, has been the, here since day one, uh, stayed the longest. It's been already four and a half, no, it's been four and a half. Four months, no? four, and a half. four and a half. Four and a half. Which is pretty crazy. Uh, we met a few months earlier through a friend uh, that we have in common uh, and Johannes himself was staying at a, his own self-made co-living uh, called the growth house with a friend that we have in common and some other people uh, and so I was very very fortunate to meet Johannes and uncover many of the many secrets he has uh, I really consider you not, not those kinds of secrets but just in general like I consider you a little bit of a mystery box, you know, it's mm -hmm. like, it's just the more I have been fortunate to meet you, the more things I've just uncovered, right? From, you know, you do, I mean, I always just, when people ask me, you know, who's staying here? Like many people are always like, oh, th this guy. When I tell them that, you know, you have your own freelancing business, uh, you do bachata, you do jazz, you do jujitsu. And just all the different things that I've just uncovered, like, for example, you know also a lot about AI, something we can dig into or not, right? Uh, but specifically, throughout this conversation, I'm really looking forward to, you know, seeing your, I don't know if the word is pragmatical approach to life, to really how to create a life that's, you know, serves you and that also leaves space for you to really explore very deeply your hobbies, which I think you're really rich in that. Right. Mm. I think, you know, hobbies is this thing that used to be very common as a kid. 
and now like sometimes I I sit down and I'm like what are really are my hobbies outside of work and going out and socializing all these different things obviously I love those things right but I think you've always had a very intentional way of playing that into your life or and stuff like that yeah I think uh, pragmatic is, is definitely a good pretty good word to use um, because it wasn't always like that and I think it goes back something like four or five years that I was in a like a similar pretty similar situation where I didn't and even with in terms of my career I was basically just wrapping up my my bachelor's degree which was pretty general general of a degree engineering and I, yeah engineering but it was like this broad indu industrial engineering which sounds fancy but it's like some little bits of engineering mixed with some little bits of business but a lot of it is pretty fluffy so it's an engineering degree but it's like the softest engineering degree you could get yeah so i had that about finished uh, but i didn't really have any any skills in particular things i could do jobs i could apply for other than like some very entry-level business developments or sales some something like pretty generic and um in terms of hobbies as well, like I was, I was pretty, I was pretty unformed. I didn't really have any. I played some guitar when I was a teenager, uh, but I didn't really have any strong passions or hobbies that are like like many people. So then, around that time, I really did start a pretty deliberate process of just like figuring out, okay, what what kind of hobbies make sense in like a what. If I really like choose from scratch hobbies and a career and a profession that I can see um, giving me the most over a long period of time, then what are those? And then I just started to started to really think about that and try that out, and that's basically what got me w got me here. W was there something in particular that triggered for you to go in that way? Because I feel like you know, most of the times we just go about our day-to-day -day lives. We don't really ask ourselves the things we would like to accomplish in the future. Mm. You know, some people see it even like, I don't know, I sometimes tell my parents like, you know, what would you like to accomplish, you know, in the next five years? You're starting your second half of your lifetime. You still have a lot mm -hmm. of time, right? Like, what are some things you would love to experience, right? Like, and they're like, Martin, like, chill, like, just, you know, like, I'm, I'm okay like this. And, and it's okay, like, so, mm. sometimes it's, it's nice to just be in the, in the present, enjoy it and stuff like that. But I think there needs to be a little bit of, you know, intentionality about it. Still, most of us don't really do it, right? So what was it for you that kind of changed things around and made you go from someone who may have just, you know, have your regular bachelor's degree and do this and this and that to suddenly... Yeah, yeah I think it was mainly just age. Like I was 22 at the time and I just got this sense that, okay, like, the years are gonna keep passing by, and I saw I started to see some like some peers, some friends of mine who like had these things, had like pursuits they were really like put, putting themselves into, and I just really started to crave that as a result, and saw that if I didn't start to really find something like that, then I would end up in a position where my my life <laughs> just essentially becomes uh, not not very wa wasted in some sense. Like the years are going to pass by and if you don't have something to pour yourself into and something to develop and something to become good at, I think it's just, um, it's not the most um, fulfilling way to live. 
And I think it's, so it's mainly, I think, age, like getting to the like early 20s years and realizing that some direction would be nice. Uh, I guess some, some influence around that time was also like some, some stuff from people like Jordan Peterson who talk about exactly this stuff, that uh, the, the benefits of like really setting, choosing, choosing some path, some like commitment, even, you know, it, it, the thing about commitments is that it, it shuts down a lot of, shuts off a lot of other op options. Mm, so it can be difficult to make that step of like choosing something at the expense of everything else but ultimately i think like that's it's better than better than choosing nothing at all so i think yeah listening to some of his stuff at the time uh, combined with just like this general uh, observation about the people around me made it pretty clear that it's like yeah it's something something that's going to be important to do. How did you know what to choose and mm. what to start with? With so many different options available, how can someone know what they can commit to right from the, the, the beginning? Mm. Yeah, it's a good question. It's a very personal question. Um, obviously, it really depends on what, what kind of things give you, give you enjoyments. Um, but I think, well, work-wise, like there's, there's a lot of different things I've, I've, I've picked up over the years, obviously that I can talk about, but work-wise it was very like, I'm a, I'm a data engineer, I'm a software guy. And that was just like a very, very pragmatic decision to the max. Like I didn't really have strong, strong inclinations, whichever way. But programming is like, hey, it's something you can learn in three months by self-study. And after three to six months, you can get a job that pays pretty damn well. Uh, so that was just like, okay, that seems fair enough. And uh, not that I don't like, I haven't, I didn't see it as something, something fascinating. And I've grown to enjoy it and appreciate it even more as I've gotten deeper into it. But initially it was very, pretty pragmatic. Um, and in terms of other things I've started to do, yeah, it's really, it's, I, I, I feel like it's so personal, it's difficult to say anything specific, but one thing that's been driving a lot of like the, my interest towards dance and, and music and singing and performing is I think that these things were something that were, was lacking a lot in, in, in when I grew up in Finland. It's not a, the most expressive culture. <laughs> <laughs> to say the least um, but when I interacted with people from other countries around that time as well I just really started to see the the value in that of like really developing this this these these sides and then it became pretty obvious that yeah things like dancing or or singing performing it's really a pretty straightforward way to develop that mm -hmm. I see, I see two things here that mm -hmm. maybe helped unconsciously. The first one may sound extremely simple, but action, right? You just started with something. Most of the time, I think, you know, we think we need to have everything figured out to start, right? But when most of the time you have to start to figure things out because exactly those experiences are going to 
give you the necessary feedback to understand, okay, I like this, I don't like that, right? Yeah. Okay, this is a nice job, but maybe I want to be my own boss. So maybe I go into freelancing, which we can go into mm -hmm. uh, just a second. The second one is travel. I really believe that travel is the best school there is for multiple reasons. Number one, it constantly puts you out of your comfort zone, right? It's like these little tiny steps. It's like arriving in a new place. Okay, understanding maybe the metro system. Cool. Finding a new place to live. Maybe being able to communicate with people. Um, it, making new friends. It's like always these like little tiny things that may not seem like a big deal in the moment, but are just constantly putting you out of your comfort zone. And once you put it into perspective, it's you have stepped significantly out of your comfort zone compared to if you are just at home. Mm. The second thing is you're no longer bound to the activities that you tend to do back home, right? Because of the friends you have, right? It's not that the activities that you do with your friends are bad, by no means, but it's sometimes hard to break the mold and to break out of that pattern, right? It's, it's hard to go against the current and suddenly do your own plans and disregard your friends to some extent. And when you're by yourself, it's like, okay, who do I want to be surrounded with? And what the hell do I want to do, right? It's no longer up to the collective to decide what those things are. And you mentioned to me very early that you started traveling, you started living in Madrid, started living in other places. Um, and so that probably started giving you into, you know, different points of view. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, when, and, and the amazing metaphor I like to see is that if you're just in your same bubble, it's like you're, in, you're looking at the tree, right? Sometimes you have to zoom out and look at the forest to really see what's really out there. What are all the different options? Because if you would have stayed in Finland, your entire life, you would have just maybe sta stayed the same way you've always been, which is not necessarily mm -hmm. bad, right? But in order to find something that you're truly passionate about, you sometimes have to find those different perspectives. And because of that, now you've been able to find things that maybe you didn't never expected you were ever gonna do. Yeah. Like yeah, singing, yeah. music, and all these different things. For sure, like spot on really. Like the thing about action is, of course, I gave a very, very abridged version of how things went but obviously there was a lot of just like trying things out randomly and with a low low threshold and then eventually the, the things i've been doing now for a bit longer stuck and then traveling yeah like when i i did my exchange in madrid uh, my second year of uni and it was just exactly like this contrast between between this small finnish technical technical uh, university city very very homogeneous bubble people had like very very similar career paths and visions so like to the it's almost absurd to imagine like how what the extent of that was how how similar it was and then going to madrid and for the first time like really meeting all kinds of like weird characters and people working on different kinds of projects and businesses that weren't just like some some app businesses mm. Yeah, and, and then also like the different like people I met who were more into the arts, um, circus, theater, uh, just that, that was really like, it took a while to to kind of sink in and, and make itself, make its way into my life, uh, but it was, I, I do think it was like the initial spark in a lot of ways that I exchanged, yeah. Then after that I went back to Helsinki, 
spent some time there simmering and then then I started to act on act on these things that I mentioned mentioned earlier. Hundred percent. And so, you know, on one side you have been kind of nurturing different kinds of hobbies. Also you're huge into ice baths, meditation. You're always you literally almost every time I'm here at the house I see you stretching, doing yoga, uh, really taking very good care of yourself. Um, on the other end you had more the <coughs> career path, right? Which about half a year ago you kind mm. of broke off and started your own freelancing career. Yeah. Was that kind of because you saw all the hobbies that you had and you wanted to find a way to build a life that would serve you and allow you to invest time into all these other sorts of hobbies, right? Uh, and if so, you know, how, how did that come about? How did you make the jump from, you know, the free to the, towards the freelancing? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's basically like this, obviously a lot of reasons for going going your own way starting your own business and I had a lot of reasons but ultimately it was about freedom being able to have have more more responsibility about how you work when you work what kind of work you do and being able to like fully fully reap the benefits as well like if you if you have um, have a vision for working in a particular way or working particularly hard, uh, then you can fully reap the benefits from that. And then also like just the freedom of being able to set your schedule more, um, taking longer periods of, just like the seasonality that I really appreciate, like shorter periods, a couple of months of more intense work, more focused work. Uh, and then a couple of months as I'm doing now, and we can talk about that. Uh, now over the summer months, I'm taking a couple of months off work, basically all, all entirely to <laughs> focus on music, um, keyboard and singing. Um, so yeah, that's not possible when you're employed, unless 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 you have a really really cool employer, but uh, usually not. But what would you say to someone who has a specific skill right is currently working for uh, a company and is looking into becoming you know self-employed and going into freelancing mm. uh, it's tricky it depends it depends so much on what it what exactly it is um, I'm in a pretty fortunate situation that I the reason why I was I felt com comfortable doing the leap now at the start of this year is that I just saw that demand for what I do is like really, really ramping up. And um, there's just not enough people with the skill set. So it felt like pretty comfortable and um, so on. But generally for somebody in a situation like that, you do need to, it's, it's kind of, it's not, it's not, it's not sexy to advise, uh, somebody to be like careful and considerate about making the leap but i feel like that's kind of what i want to do it's start taking little steps in the direction that's it's it's boring as advice but uh, that's so what true. i'm gonna say so start taking little steps it's not it doesn't need to be one or nothing just like start making little plans little like may maybe 
making some outreach, some calls, just to like try it out, even if you don't actually have a, <laughs> even if you don't have anything, anything to actually, um, even if you aren't in a place where you can deliver fully something, but just like start having conversations with people who you might who might be your clients, and uh, getting a sense of how it actually actually is, because you can have ideas uh, about about how easy or how difficult it is it is it would be to get clients and get started and you might be underestimating how difficult it is or you might be overestimating how difficult it is and the only the best way to bring those bring those ideas in touch with reality for better or worse is to like start talking to people so yeah start start having conversations with people it doesn't take much you know if you you some a few messages a few reach calls reach out to them and say what do you say yeah yeah like um depends depends on i mean it's if you have an idea of uh, something that you're offering of course then then you want to define who it who it is you're offering it to mm-hmm. and then you can start to get in touch with those people your prospective clients and just have the conversation of and to try and try and figure out if you are actually correct about about if the thing that you think is valuable to them is actually valuable to them mm-hmm. and so you can present the idea in like some very simple way in your message and then you know just offer something free offer a free consultation uh, whatever applies to you and a lot of people probably, if you don't have any anything backing you up, a, a lot of people are just gonna ignore you. But even if you can have the conversation with a few people, that's already like tremendous, tremendous amounts of information compared to just like speculating in your own head. So offer something, something along the lines of what you would like to be offering. And, and you uh, do all of this while you still maintain your job. Yeah, exactly. Like that's the thing. It like this this stuff doesn't take doesn't take many hours a week so (laughs) really not that much not that much um you can do more you can do less but certainly not certainly it's not too much to disrupt you from working a full-time job sticking with that as long as you need to and doing this doing this uh, ground research and yeah there are other ways to do research but the number one thing i would say is just like get like direct conversations with with people and clients like this prospective client thing is one side but also another great one is people who are working something similar like other uh, entrepreneurs who are doing something similar as close to the thing that you would want to be doing and ask them about their their experience Mm -hmm. at least as valuable and and those people are also usually a lot a lot more willing to to have those conversations because they want to Unless they're like super, super high level, super busy, um, very willing to to help people out. Hundred percent. I mean, I that really resonated with me because I I did something very similar, and I think a lot of people, you know, they think they have to drop everything mm-hmm. the moment they have an idea and are, you know, wanting to execute that idea when there's so many shades of gray in between so many steps in between before you actually take the leap right and it was also for me i, I discovered okay co-living there's something really cool 
I started, you know, reading academic papers about it, watching YouTube videos. Um, and then at the time, I was still doing my sales job. So I started leveraging all the sales tools that I had mm -hmm. for outreaching and stuff like that. And I just remember reaching out to every single person in the clothing industry that I could. And it's amazing because now, like, I feel like I've also just built such a nice network. Not only did I, did I reap so many benefits from those initial conversations, but so many seeds were planted that turned then also into very fruitful uh, relationships afterwards. Um, and yeah, it started like literally 30 minutes after work, 60 minutes after work, started having like all these calls. And I was surprised by how many people are actually willing oh, yeah. to help. Oh yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. But how do you get them to even listen to you in the first place, right? Like, do you have a specific way of communicating? Obviously, you have to take into account who you're reaching out to. Mm -hmm. That's something we learned in sales. Like always tell your message to the person you're speaking to. Very important, not just if you want to go into freelancing, but just in general, if you're selling any services, products, if you are promoting yourself as well. Um, but are there any specific things? Because why should they even listen <laughs> to you if the, you don't even have a pre-existing um, track record or anything like that? Mm, yeah, I feel like there's, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of material online about these teams that are better than most things I can say about a few things that come to mind is is that to keep it simple keep it very short because the less time you are asking from them to read it the better so make it very short very simple and with like a clear ask what is it that you want is it um is it is it a what is it exactly hmm. and what you're hoping to get out of it and I think what you said like how how do you give value I think if you are truly in the position where you are just start, starting out, you don't really have much uh, to even like just let go of this idea that you are going to offer some value. Like I think just accepting the point of view that yeah, you are asking for uh, 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 like a leg up from somebody who's, who's above you, more experienced than you, just because, you know, sometimes that's a, that's a, that's a thing that people are actually happy to do give somebody up and coming a leg up uh, but just like own that don't try and like offer something something of value because a lot of the times it's just going to be um it's just going to be transparently a uh, false like you can offer something but it can be very possible that you don't actually have anything like really that would be valuable to, to them so it's just like transparently disguised you asking for an offer but kind of like applying this thing of like oh but it's actually actually useful for you because i'll write some emails for you or some shit like that i'll give you feedback yeah on your company yeah 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 i'll give you feedback on your website and but i think a lot maybe, of it, a maybe lot if you do have, maybe it's, pa it's possible things, it's possible it is possible but if you are really talking to somebody pretty pretty well well ahead uh i think it's perfectly fine to a lot of the time just own the fact that this is your position you are just asking for a asking for a for a what is it called uh, money <laughs> asking for uh for um a bit of help yeah well yeah. that was very hard to, yeah, yeah. to come up with yeah. actually I, I i totally agree and i would say in general like remove as much friction as you possibly can, right? Uh, this can be in the sense of asking for five to 10 minutes mm -hmm. of their time, 
right? Even though it probably will end up being a 30-minute conversation anyways. Um, having a very clear structure in your writing. Don't just write this massive paragraph, right, that nobody's going to read. Make it one sentence per paragraph. Make it very easy, if possible, of course. And one of the, the, I remember the structure that I used to follow for my outreaches, which was, um, hello, who am I? And why should you listen to me? Um, uh, what was the second one? Um, why am I reaching out to you? And the call to action. Mm -hmm. And so it was maybe, for example, hello, my name is Mark, I'm from Barcelona. Uh, I'm currently starting a co-living brand. I was like, okay, they're like, interesting right um, why am I reach out to you and uh, there I really tried to flatter people I was like hey I've been really doing a lot of research on your company it is absolutely amazing what you have accomplished um, and I feel like I have so much, many things to learn about you or something like that just put them in a position where it's like okay like you know make them feel a little mm -hmm. bit nice heard as well that you've done a little bit of research as well about you know who they are what they're doing and then I remember always saying like um, if you have five to ten minutes of your time to ask you about how you got started and maybe share about you know some your experience or just ask you some very quick questions, I would be forever grateful. Like something like that, like very nice, very kind, straight to the point. Um, you don't want to send like these super long messages. Yeah. Maybe mine was now that I, I remember it, it worked, but maybe the oh you're amazing. Oh my god. <laughs> Maybe not that. Depends also on the people you're talking to. The people in the co-living industry are really, really kind, mm -hmm. really nice. Yeah, no, I guess it's a, it's a pretty young industry. A yeah. lot of the people in there are pretty young. So. For sure, for sure. Yeah. And then you test your concept and it's time to quit your job. How do you go about that? Oof. Um, make sure you have enough money. <laughs> more than you think. More runway, more months than you think you're going to need. Um, and yeah, it's it's tough. It's it's so specific. I, I feel I feel it's hard to give general advice. To your experience, like my my experience was, and especially I think it's it's difficult for me to put myself in the situation because my experience was, I think, pretty ideal, pretty unusual, in that. What I had was that I was working for a consultancy until the for the last few years, until the end of end of last year. And at that time, around that time, late last year, I got the sense that, yeah, it's actually I I think I'm ready to make the leap. I, I have good skills. I have confident confidence in my confidence in my skills, and there's a lot of demand. And on top of that, I also had a, I wasn't I wasn't counting on it, but there was one project I was working on. For my, I was working on a project under my employer that I had a sense that I was very valuable in. And when I quit my job, I had this sense that maybe they would be willing to hire me, keep me on as, a, as an external contractor for the purpose of this project because I was just such a, such a good fit for the project. And that is what ended up happening. It's the... Uh, main project I've been working on for the for the last four months, and so it's been a just a spectacularly smooth smooth landing into into mm -hmm. into this freelance freelance thing, 
So if you have something like that, uh, keep your eyes out for opportunities like this. Helps, of course, if you are if you if you are in a similar situation, on a project-based um, work, something like this helps to be uh, helps to make yourself invaluable, which just comes down to doing damn good work, mm -hmm. being a good communicator, uh, especially if you're in the in the software software areas. Being a good communicator just makes you such a such a uh, makes you stand out so much because it's it is not so common, but it's very very valuable. So if if that's your situation, um, it's something like good to seek out and keep your eyes out for. Obviously, you don't want to rely on that because there are plenty of reasons from office politics to just some random sudden changes in, in, in the budgeting that makes these kinds of um, possibilities fall through. That could have happened and I was ready for that. I had enough, enough savings to, to deal with that if that happened. Um, but um, it, went, it went my way this time and that was very helpful. So we're approaching the final part of the podcast. Mm -hmm. Before I ask the final question, I wanted to ask you, how much better has your life been since you quit your job? Have you felt like a crazy difference? Do you feel like you've been able to nurture all of the different hobbies? And I don't even know how many you have and how many things you're doing because of the freelancing. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a lot better. Um, I will say, and it's only four months in. It's still like a lot, a lot. I still have a lot ahead of me. Um, but the things that I was looking for, just in general, like in terms of freedom, greater, greater income, you do tend to make make more money if you in less time as well. Yeah, in less time, more money in less time, higher rates. Assuming that you get clients as a freelancer, of course, if you have to spend more time, more of your time getting clients, then that's unpaid work and, you know, then that's not the case. Uh, but if you can get work, you tend to make money, more money. And that's, uh, that's been my situation. And one of the things that I was looking forward to a lot was, I mentioned earlier this sense of like responsibility. And I do also think there's a lot of, it's not just about the freedom, but I also enjoy this sense that, um, you have this kind of pressure, like your successes, your failures, uh, the, the, it lies on you ultimately, not your employer or your manager. And it's challenging for sure, uh, but it also builds, builds this resilience and character. And I'm starting to see that in, in, in small ways, and I'm sure I'm going to see a lot, a lot more of that, but that's, that's really been very, very rewarding. And, um, and yeah, like I said, it's, it's very early on four months in and uh, already I'm, I'm getting, yeah, the things I was looking to, the things I, the things I've looked look to get out of, out of going my own way. I've started, they're starting to come, come true in a very real way. And I'm just very excited for it to keep going and keep, keep getting even more intense. Excited for you. Yep. And then my very last question to you is, has there been a specific highlight of your time here in Barcelona mm -hmm. since you joined the community? Has there been anything in particular that, that's been extremely valuable to you 
that's made you know because you were already living here in Barcelona mm -hmm. right? is there something that you've seen that has changed since you joined and started living with us yeah a lot of things a lot of things like it's maybe I can think of some particular something in particular but just in general like compared to the four months I was in Barcelona last year versus the four months I've been here now this year in, in Charisma and as part of the broader community it's been very different uh, in, a, in a very good way like the the people I met in the house and outside of the house um, it's been just an entirely different different experience socially in terms of the inspiration for business and, and life in general um, maybe if I if I try and still down to like one thing I will give a shout out shout out to show up uh, the retreat we did a couple of couple of weeks ago resets and that was just like a really highlighting all the all the amazing people that have have connected over the last couple of months started to do do interesting things together and and individually but also together collaborating and I think that was just like really uh, coming down um, in this res reset we had Simone doing yoga and Jake shout out to Dr. Jake Wright and not that he needs it <laughs> um, but yeah he, he him and you leading this this amazing retreat uh, and the uh, lovely lovely social connection with the entire group of 15 20 people that were on the retreat that was like very special but it was it was not even like it was special but it was more like just a crystallization of all this community building and all this like work that you've been doing over the last months so yeah it's been it's been very powerful and i'm very very fortunate yeah. no, it's, that i've been here thank you man it's it's really beautiful to see how everyone is just not connecting with each other but also really helping each other out like mm -hmm. not judging each other but always looking at the best right uh, the amount of partnerships that are being created right now as we speak we're being filmed by Alessia here in the back she has her own um, yeah you want to give a little shout out of what you're doing or no. <laughs> yeah yeah right now for your career So, Lysia has been literally been filming us the entire podcast. She's been like walking around and filming us and stuff like that. And she herself is also part of her, the community. Uh, and she is developing a project. What the hell is this what project? What is this? Uh, this project is called Vizmash. This is Ukrainian name, which basically translates like no boundaries. And this is a project when I want to make a focus on personalities, on values of people. Because this is something which makes uh, what we create so valuable and so special. And that's why I was recording you. Nice. And it's behind the creator. Behind the creator. Behind yeah, the this creator. is a part of it. Okay, cool. Amazing. So yeah, this is a perfect example of just all the amazing things that are happening. And I think with that, we can finish this amazing sixth episode. Alrighty. Boom. Thank you so much, bro. Thank you. Come here, bro. Let's go.